Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We got my man Chris Fedor from cleveland.com joining me right now who covers the Cavs and all things NBA. And you can hear him every now and then right here in the whole seat on the fan. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on, Earl? How are you, man? I can't complain, man. It's nice to, ha- it's nice to have you with me right here on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. So, Chris, first question for you. Uh, I opened up the show talking about Kevin Love, and is he a Cleveland Cavaliers legend, and, did, mm-hmm. and does he deserve to have his jersey retired? Where, in your opinion, where is Kevin Love's place in Cavs history? Yeah, so I think, Earl, based on the precedent that they've already set with the jerseys that are up in the, ra- up in the rafters, then I think Kevin um, certainly belongs there. Um, I think his contributions to the organization on the court um, what he has meant to the country, society as a whole, when it comes to becoming the face of mental health awareness. I don't think that can be overlooked as well. And it's interesting because his nine years in Cleveland, to me, Earl, they were anything but a fairy tale. Um, there were a lot of ups and downs mixed in there. But when you add into the fact that he was a multi-time all-star, um, add into the fact that he won a championship in 2016, he was one of the faces of the best run in franchise history for four straight years. Um, He's in the top 10 in a lot of uh, franchise historical marks. I I do think that um, he is one of the most impactful players that this organization has ever had. And I do think that his number should be up there. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that, man. I I couldn't have put it uh, any better than what you just did. Um, if the Cavaliers was to retire majority of that championship team's jersey, I said the starting five. Uh, I think about guys like Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, uh, Shump, and J.R. Smith. Would you be opposed to that? Do you think fans, fans will welcome that? I think fans would be okay with that just because of what that, that um, era was all about and because the championship was so special and so memorable, but for me, I think you have to set a bar, right? Like, I think you have to reserve jerseys up in the rafters for something pretty special throughout the course of a franchise history. And to me, J.R. Smith and Amon Shumpert fall short of that. And I understand they were part of that championship team. They're part of that championship run. But at some point, you have to look at their accomplishments on the court and what they did and for how long they did it for this organization. For Kevin to do it for nine years and climb the franchise ranks. For Kyrie to be the second most important person in franchise history. 
the second best player in franchise history. Like no matter all of the off the court stuff that is attached to Kyrie, like that fact can't be ignored. But Jr. and Amon and Tristan Thompson and Channing Fry and Richard Jefferson and some of those other guys on that championship team, they just didn't accomplish um, as much as some of the other players. And I think there has to be some line of demarcation of, okay, we're going to separate the jersey up in the rafters for the ones who truly stood out on the court and truly accomplished something on the court that 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 will go down in, in NBA history and in Cleveland Cavaliers history for a long, long time. And, and some guys on that championship roster, the truth is, had a bigger role than the other guys. And I don't think you can lump them all together. Yeah, I really couldn't agree uh, more. And um, that, I think that's a pretty dope perspective. Stand with Kevin Love here for a minute. Of course, he signed on with the Miami Heat. Uh, do you believe that he can have a significant impact for the Miami Heat as they gear towards the playoffs? And I know a lot of Cavs fans are are, are looking at the seedings and saying, okay, we possibly might draw Miami in the first <laughs> round. And now all of a sudden, the, the people scared of Kevin Love now. Uh, what's his impact going to be in Miami? And do you think uh, if the Cavs were to run into the Miami Heat that uh, it could hurt us? I think it's definitely um, a situation where there's an opportunity, Earl, for him to get playing time. And that's part of the reason why I believe he picked Miami is because his pathway to consistent playing time here in Cleveland was blocked. J.B. Bickerstaff runs an eight, nine-man rotation. Dean Wade is the backup power forward. Evan Mobley plays big minutes. Jared Allen plays big minutes. So there just wasn't an opportunity for Kevin to get something here in Cleveland. It's not the same situation in Miami. Miami has been looking for the last year for somebody to play next to Bam Adebayo, either in the starting lineup or give them some front court depth behind Bam. I mean, think about this, Earl. Jimmy Butler is starting at power forward for the Miami Heat. And if you don't consider Jimmy Butler the starting power forward, then it's Caleb Martin. Neither one of those guys is a traditional power forward in the NBA. Um, and then behind those guys, they've been using a guy named Orlando Robinson, who was a G leaguer. And then he got hurt, and then some dude named Haywood Highsmith, who nobody has ever heard of. So there is an opportunity for Kevin, because Miami needs what he theoretically brings to the table. But that's the thing, right? What version of Kevin Love are the Heat going to get? Are they going to get something close to last year's Kevin Love that was second in NBA Sixth Man of the Year voting, who was very, very impactful both on the court and off the court for the Cavs? Or are they going to get the version of Kevin Love that we saw this year that is in the middle of the worst season of his career? He's shooting 39% from the field. He's shooting 35% from three-point range. He hasn't scored 20 points or more um, since December. And towards the end of his time that he was actually in the rotation before Dean Wade came back healthy and bounced Kevin out of the rotation, Kevin was one of the worst players on the court for the Cavs. Their on-off rating was um, something that was pretty striking, especially on the defensive end of the floor. So theoretically, Miami needs what he brings. And theoretically, he makes sense for the Heat because they need a floor-spacing big man next to Bam Adebayo because he's got playoff experience and because he's better than some of the options that they already have on the roster. Um, but if, if he continues to play like he was for the Cavs before he got taken out of the rotation – Kevin Love can't help anybody in a playoff series. 
And defensively, everybody understands that there are limitations there. And if he's not knocking down shots, if he's not an offensive threat, then he's going to be a minus. Definitely agree with you, man. He's Chris Fedor from Cleveland.com, and he's joining me right now on the North Armstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. All right, so we're going to pivot from Kevin Love to the Cavs. Uh, All-Star game has just came and went. Chris, yep. last year at the All-Star break, the Cavs was 35-23, and 23, top of third in the East. Uh, this year they're 38-23, and 23, uh, fourth in the East. 21 games left. What are your expectations for the Cavaliers for the second half of the season? And then a, a follow-up question to that. If those expectations are not met, what do you think the consequences will be? So, Earl, it's interesting because I think the expectations for the second half, there is an opportunity for this team to make up some ground on Boston, Milwaukee, and Philadelphia. And I think there are a couple of reasons for that. First, you start here. They have the fourth easiest schedule in the second half of the season of any team in the NBA. They've got Orlando a couple of times. They've got Charlotte a couple of times. They've got Houston mixed in there. And the schedule is just not as daunting and grueling as what they faced in the first half of the season, especially in January, where like 13 of their 16 games were against playoff or play-in type opponents, half of those on the road. Like that's not the situation that is facing them for the final 21 games. Beyond that, they are as close to full strength as they have been all season long. They are more set on this eight- and nine-man rotation. So there's more comfort with roles. Um, Guys aren't bouncing in and out of the lineup. And Ricky Rubio just came back recently. Obviously, he came back in mid-January, but this version of Ricky is a different version than what the Cavs had as soon as he came back. So there is a pathway for them to make up ground on these other teams in the Eastern Conference. Um, But even if they don't, getting a playoff series, getting one of the locked-in six spots in the Eastern Conference – is what matters most to this organization because they need to feel it. They need to experience it. J.B. Bickerstaff needs to be in a seven-game series to learn more about it, to learn more about himself. Darius Garland needs to be in a seven-game series. Same thing with Isaac Okoro and Evan Mobley, the most important players in this organization that don't have that experience, that high-level experience. They need to go through that because there's no way that they can duplicate that throughout the course of the regular season. Even if you're talking about a difficult road game in Miami in March, even if you're talking about a difficult home game against the Philadelphia 76ers for the season series, like there is no duplicating what they get from a seven game series in terms of experience, in terms of knowledge and in terms of understanding for what is to come in the future. So that has to be the expectation. And if they don't get one of the locked-in six playoff spots, and if they don't get a seven-game series, I do think it's time for people inside the organization to start asking questions. Um, Because when you make a trade for a guy like Donovan Mitchell and you give up everything you gave up in order to get him to kind of expedite this process, and there's still a runway for them for the next couple of years. So it's not championship or bust. They're not in the same situation as some of these other teams. But to me, it is locked-in playoff spot, and if they don't get a seven-game series, then um, changes have to be made. Yeah, I could agree with you more, man. Uh, Very well put. Of the 21 games that we have left, you talk about this team needing that experience. they got to feel it. they got to be able to go through the process. We know that we've played tremendous uh, throughout the season at home, but 11 of those 21 games is on a roll. Is Is that concerning for you? 
I think it should be. Um, they just have not been the same team on the road as, as they have been at home. And look, I think there are a lot of factors tied into that, right? Um, I think at the beginning of the season, they were still working through some things. Uh, they're not the same team now that they were at the beginning of the season because some of the bodies they've got back, some of the things that they figured out within themselves, and some of the experience that they've gained through their failures along the way. Um, but they do have to show that they can consistently compete and win on the road as opposed to at home. And, and look, Earl, if we would have had this conversation, you know, early January, mid-January, then I would have said, uh-oh, you know what I mean? But they have started to show signs of figuring it out more on the road. And I know the last time they played on the road, it was in Philadelphia. It was against a high-level opponent in a charged atmosphere. But some of the early season road stumbles that were just baffling that we saw, you know, losing on the road in San Antonio, some of the fourth-quarter giveaways on the road against Sacramento and against the Los Angeles Clippers, we haven't seen as much evidence of that with the Cavs. So I think there are enough signs that they have learned from some of those failures, and I think they're better equipped to go on the road here to finish out the season um, than they were at the beginning of the year. Chris, I'm going to get you out of here on this one. Uh, so a caller called in uh, not too long ago, you know, and they asked me to compare the backcourt of Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland to C.J. McCollum and uh, Damian Lillard. And then he asked me, can you know the Cavaliers – win a championship with that backcourt being that small? And I said no. Now, personally, I think the Cavs are about two years away from being championship contenders. But I told him, I said, uh, Donovan Mitchell is our best player. But in order for us to be championship contenders, I believe that Evan Mobley has to blossom into being the best player on his team. Do you agree with that? I do. And I think the Cavs agree with that as well, Earl. Um, There are multiple people inside the organization that have said that on the record to me, that when they are competing for championships, if they are going to get to that point where they are competing for championships, that Evan Mobley has to be the best player because this is very, very difficult. In the NBA today, it is very, very difficult to win um, at the highest level and to hang a banner, a championship banner, um, when a guard is your best player. And, And if a guard is going to be your best player, then that dude like better be Steph Curry level transcendent. You know what I mean? It's just a different kind of style in the playoffs. It's a different kind of game in the playoffs. And the things that opponents can do in a seven-game series against Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland are going to be very, very problematic. And there are things that Chris Paul has encountered in the playoffs that have been problematic to him and James Harden. And think about like some of these great players that have had organizations built around them at that particular position. And they just haven't been able to do it for that many series in a row to hang a championship banner. So I'm with you. I think this is a wings league. This is more about players that look like Giannis and Jason Tatum and LeBron James and Jimmy Butler and those kinds of guys than it is a league for the playoffs, that is, than it is a league um, for guys that look like Damian Lillard and Steph Curry and Donovan Mitchell and Kyrie Irving and, and Darius Garland. It's just a different kind of game in the postseason. And I think once they get to that point where, where Evan is more involved offensively, where he's more comfortable offensively, he's more confident offensively, and the offense doesn't run through a pair of undersized guards, then, yeah, I do think the Cavs um, will have a much, much better chance. 
Much respect, man. Chris, thank you for taking some time out today and joining me. He is Chris Fedor from Cleveland.com, man. Uh, growing friendship with this guy. Respect your work professionally, man. Thanks, man. I look forward to talking to you soon. Earl, you got it, man. Anytime. I appreciate you. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.